Hi, my name's Sean. That's my friend Chris Ford. And there's the background. How's it going? This is Avatar <laughs> The Last Podcasters, and it is time for episode four, or book one, air chapter four, rather, of The Legend of Korra. So far, so good. Chris, before we get into the episode, how you doing? How's your week been? My week's been, been fine. Um, I've been working a lot around my house, cleaning up a lot, just uh, pre-prep in case I want to sell my house. And now that that's done, I can rest easy. I can get, I feel like I'm going to start getting more, more um, motivated to actually do more videos, which I have not done a lot of. But I plan to do more. Like I really want to do that cork video that I talked about two months ago. <laughs> it was Gosh. long enough ago that I don't really remember what it was, but I'm sure that it was uh, an awesome idea. No, I think this cork video will be one of my best videos. The thing about my videos is sometimes the videos that get the least amount of views, I love the most. And like it does, like my biggest video, which is kind of anchored to my channel, is "Who Did Zuka Marry." Like I had a random thought. I was like, oh, you know what? I should do a who's who of who maybe Tsuko married. And and the thought from like thought inception to the end was like a week. And usually that's not the case with my video. Usually <laughs> I just have a long list of video ideas to do. And they come from like, I have video ideas from like a year ago that I haven't gotten to yet. And then I like sit and I write the script and that takes like two days. And then I record and edit and everything. That so usually like, video takes mm. usually video takes me like two weeks to do, um, but the, I usually put a lot of I put a lot of thought into that video. But when I want to say a lot of thought, I mean like a lot of thought and care and heart. Like my video, I did a video about um, Infinity Train. Uh, the th things, the best things I learned from it, the most important things, less life lessons I learned from it. That video maybe has like 300 views i think right now which is great i love any, anyone who, who watched it but that video means a lot um recently i did one video a long time ago that wasn't made that long time ago but it was uh comparing the yu yu Hakusho theme song smile bomb to cannon busters like which one is the best opening theme song for an anime and it got a few plays it didn't do that great i mean it did fine but i always loved that video because i thought my editing skills was really good at it like I streamed the both songs in and out right where I wanted to. And then uh recently my daughter's been watching or she's been watching Yu Yu Hockey Show. Cause I won't say she's been watching it. But I've been telling her the stories of it like for bedtime and I'll let her watch like an episode every now and then. But she's only watched like four episodes maybe. And it's not really for kids. The language is not great. But I'm she not loves familiar the intro. With it, so I'm just Oh, I think it's the best anime of all time, Sean. You should watch it. Really? Like, yes. It's 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 the GOAT anime. It has a great character uh, of you I mean, say you're a mesh. All right, let me get, let me get the I rundown. I'm like it. two seasons into MHA because you told me to watch that, and now you tell me to watch something else because I can only have time <laughs> well, for one show at a time. Okay, let me, first, let me first wrap up this thing about videos that I love that don't get that much views. So my daughter's been loving New York show, but she's been, I'm letting her watch the theme song as much as she wants because it's just a theme song. But I love the song Smile Bomb. I think it's the greatest anime opening of all time. So she loves the song. Like she sings it all the time. She literally has listened, watched it on YouTube like 40 times maybe, <laughs> which is great. And then I, was, I told her like, hey, Google, look up on YouTube, um, Smile Bomb versus Canon. And she looked it up, and then she was looking at video. She was like, is this your video? I'm like, yeah. So then she watched it. <laughs> and then, so I did like a, I broke down the songs. It's by like all these different rounds and stuff. And then like, she was really into like, oh yeah, dad, this is a, it's a good one. And then like, I finally rendered a verdict on it. <laughs> and then when I came out, it was like, and Smile Bomb wins. She's like, yes. And I'm like, yes, thank you. Gets my heart just going. Making that, just making that video for you was 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 enough. <laughs> that's, but that's adorable. Uh, yeah, but let me give you a rundown of Yu Yu Hakusho. I know so, you talked about it before. I just uh, 
I, if anyone out there, you, you tell me about watch... TV shows, and and you know some of it catches in in my filter, and then some of it just falls out my ears, and I'm really sorry. Yeah, imagine uh, an anti. So Yusuke Yurameshi is the main character. He is an a hole for better or worse. He's like a jerk. He, well, I wouldn't say he's a jerk. He's a, he's a jerk with a kind heart, but he's a bad boy, right? He's great at fighting. So many people are scared of him. He skips school all the time. He's like 14 years old. So, so out of nowhere, he uh, he sees this kid about to die, or he sees this kid about to get ran over by a car. He jumps in front of it and he saves the kid, but he dies. He gets hit by the car. So then he's a ghost. <laughs> he's not a ghost for most of the show. He's only a ghost for like four episodes. But they're like the Grim Reaper, who's this really <laughs> wait a minute. I have the pops, so I'm gonna I'm gonna show you with the pops. Sorry, audio only people. We're gonna look at some pops. I'll describe them in great detail. <laughs> Whatever the audio only, audio only people, you have great imaginations. I believe in you. Okay, I have all. <laughs> this is Yusuke Urameshi. Right? He looks okay. like he looks like so, a bad guy in an '80s karate movie. Yes, this show came out in pretty much the '80s. Oh, that makes some <laughs> sense. Okay. Yeah. So he's a jerk. Anyway, he dies. The Grim Reaper, then her name is Botan. So oh, she doesn't really look like. Yeah, that's not what I expected. Exactly, right? Different, different type um, of Grim Reaper. She's pretty much like, hey, we have everyone's plans in their lives, and you're a jerk. We did not expect you to save that kid from getting ran over by a car. <laughs> and so they're like, we don't really have a place for you right now because we didn't expect you to do that. So then he works his way to going back to life, but then. To repay them, he works as a spirit detective, and he has to like take on demons, like Hie, who is a demon, definitely and, a bad guy. Yeah, and Karama, who's a demon. They're bad guys. I don't want to ruin too much of it. I mean, it's not a big spoiler. If you've seen them, you know they're they they eventually turn into good guys. But and then here's Korbar. Anyway. Yusuke Yurameshi probably goes through one of the best character developments I've seen in an anime ever. And so does many other of the other characters. Like, I think his story and Korra's story is a testament to telling a story about a protagonist who doesn't... It's a, it's a great character arc for a protagonist to a protagonist. You know, most great character arcs we talk about is from an antagonist to a protagonist. In this case, they're both protagonists. Like, they're both... Well, they're not... I wouldn't say they're, they're both uh, jerks and stuff, but they both come to a realization. or... Uh, have good a, growth. a tricky phase of life. Yeah. Uh, but great show, Sean. I think you would really like it. It's funny. It's... it's uh, has a little, little heart here every now and then. Um, some great action, great animation, great, great music. When I, when I finally, I'm almost through season two of MHA, when I finally finish MHA all the way, I will ask you to remind me this name that I won't be able to remember. Or just for last, it, I'll ask your daughter and she'll tell me and that'll be cute. <laughs> it's, uh, it's on Hulu if you want to give it a watch. Excellent. Um, I am liking MHA a lot, for the record. Uh, it is going well. Uh, football season has already kind of interrupted it. I just, I, if you're just now tuning There's... in to this podcast for the first time, football is my favorite sport, but it doesn't help that the basket that the NBA finals are on right now. There's well. so much sports on right now. There is literally like every major sport is on right yeah. now. Celtics just lost <laughs> earlier today, and... Uh, I think that the Heat versus the Lakers would be a wildly engaging, weird finals. I'm always cheering for whatever team finds like unconventional ways to do stuff, um, to win. Um, I tend to be pro, not necessarily just pro underdog, but pro kind of creativity and different weird stuff. Uh, but on that note, I'm not going to count out the Nuggets either because I'll say as a Lakers fan, I'm not under I'm not underestimating the Nuggets, and this is, which is why I am slow to make fun of the Clippers, even though I really want to make fun of the Clippers. I think you can Clippers. still make fun of the Clippers in the sense that trash talk is just trash talk. But I would I, like <laughs> in, in my mind, like you can't make fun of the Nuggets right now because that 
you know, it's not yet happened. But I, I think you yeah. can make fun of the Clippers because it, it, it's just talk. It's fine. You can trash them. Yeah, yeah your boy Marcus Morris is probably pretty much solely responsible for. <laughs> yeah, he is. <laughs> for, he, so he was talking trash to, to Paul Millsap. He pretty much told him, like, yeah, you're going to be packing up. This is when Utah Jazz was down, like, 16 points in the third quarter of game five an elimination game for Utah, and that just sparked that game. And then, oh gosh, I'm gonna go out of limb and say, uh, so I'm a I'm a K basketball fan, K football fan, but I'm always a fan of just the sport first. And so I have no qualms about saying that neither <laughs> the Morris twins and also Joel Embiid, I did not like in college. I do not like them. As I respect Joel as a basketball player, obviously it's hard not to. And the Morris twins have had a nice career, but I do not like them at all. And I'm, yep. Is it weird that I don't even remember the first name of the one who plays for the Lakers? I just give them Marquise. Marcus. And I, I get him yes. mixed. Marcus is a Clipper. You know, Keith is a Laker, right? Yes. Yes. Markeith is the Laker. Um, but, um, Probably a slightly yeah, better career. I think I think we got the good one, the literal good one, the morally good one. Uh, I doubt it. I think they're both kind of whatever. Oh, they're, just they're good ball players. I they're good. Well, you know, maybe maybe it's a thing about how the Lakers team doesn't doesn't promote <laughs> that type of behavior. I feel like the Clippers, like you got Patrick Beverly, you got their center, whoever, like they're. They're meant to be Lou Williams the, the rowdy loud. boys, the yeah. dogs who like to get into fights and stuff. Yeah. Uh, that is, like to talk trash, and the Lakers aren't like that. I will say that picking between the two Morris twins as people is dangerous, but you're absolutely right. There's a culture thing going on there. Um, yeah, both, both make great six men, right? Because they can guard three, potentially four positions <laughs> with a little switching off and on, decent outside shots, yeah. big guys. So, uh, But yeah, I don't want them on my team. <laughs> Whatever, wow. it's fine. Hey, it's gonna be fun though. Should be a good finals. Um, either way, it should be I'm, very interesting. I'm just, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to get to. Just trying to get to get to the finals. You know, I gotta respect the Nuggets. Absolutely. Well, I I didn't respect him two different times already, and and here we are. Um, so long story short, I will watch. I mean, I've been consistently watching MHA in between football, and it is really good. And Deku is really growing on me. Um, I forget the name of uh, All Might's teacher, the little bitty old guy. He's cracking me up. I just got through those episodes. Uh, uh, Grant Serena. Yeah, Grant Serena. What a great hero name, too, by the way. So, yeah, we'll keep that rolling. It'll be a good time. And so, Chris will look forward to a video sometime. It's funny to think about. Like, I am holding my, my I'm holding myself to Nets Friday by Nets. Yeah, you know what? Yes. A lot of Be- basketball. By next Friday. A lot of basketball. That's um, true. <laughs> it's funny you talk about, like, clean your house up ready in, in case you were to move. And that, in my mind, signals that there is no time. Like, what if we buy a house and then we move and then there's no more videos for, like, eight weeks? <laughs> I know how moving goes. I've done it many times. Um, I have two small bits that I wanted to toss out there is one... I am uh, hosting a fundraiser. I try to do like one big thing every year. And 2020 has been a weird year. So I'm going to do two big things. I did a March Madness thing earlier this year. Now for my birthday on November 14th to 15th, I'm going to do a raffle and a fundraiser. Um, So essentially I'm getting prizes, mostly geeky in nature and uh, selling raffle tickets. And there's more information on my website and on Facebook, um, or just reach out to us directly, but I'm very excited about it. I've already sold about $200 uh, worth of tickets, and the thing is you know, two months away, so that's pretty exciting. And I have a couple of cool prizes, not near the quantity that I would like, but I'm not a great salesperson in terms of just going out and like cold calling people for prizes. That's awkward to me, but I'm trying. Mm-hmm. Trying my best. The grand prize is my wife is going to make a quilt. For, for somebody like a lap quilt of their character design and flavor. So hopefully a oh. decent, uh, hopefully maybe a, decent a prize, host. maybe a prize could be a guest host on this podcast. If, if anyone's, <laughs> if you, you could honestly just come ask us and we would do that for you, but maybe we should stop just giving those away. Maybe there's some prize value to that. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, 
surprised. You get to be a guest. You get to pick the theme. You get to pick the episode. It is a you episode within the mm. realms of the Avatar universe. Well, all right, just everything's in the description below. I suppose. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know how you tell us. Like, hey, I want. I want that prize. You'll be like the only person. <laughs> good luck. Yeah, good luck telling us you want that prize. Give me ideas, though, if you have ideas, and it's on my website. And then thing number two is that I've tried to update my website a little bit, which is seanshaler.com, first name, last name.com. And uh, Avatar Last Podcasters got a little got a little spot up top there. Nice nice big blurb for us. And then I've started sharing our, our videos there regularly as well. So just one more place to get us out there. Not sure if it gets any traction, but it's not hurting. little blurb for, for Chris Ford, a.k.a. the Objective Geek, at the bottom of that page, too. So... Got some playlists there, manicured and curated by Chris himself. So go check out my website. That's all I got. Um... Oh yeah, I meant to mention. Um, so recently, Nick Lillian sent out this like, uh, "Oh hey, if you're interested, not to me, to everyone." It was on Twitter. You made it sound like it was directly um, to you, like Nicholas. Nickelodeon's like, "Hey, Chris Ford." But the way it, it was pretty much like, uh, "Is there some Avatar?" fan dual competition thing that's going to happen soon. And uh, it's pretty much like, hey, enter to win. Email Avatar, whatever this. So I emailed, was like, hey, I'm a huge Avatar fan. Like, I don't know, maybe some trivia competition or something, some live thing happening in October. So lady emailed me back, was like, yeah, just send in your tape, this information, this information. So I did get an email from Nickelodeon. That's pretty exciting. Uh, uh, so I did my little audition tape. Felt like one of those, uh, you know, those kids. Like, this is my big shot, mom. Uh, <laughs> You're like auditioning for the real world. Yeah. But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, and I looked up the lady. Like, she is a legit, like, talent uh, cast person. And I'm like, why do they use this person to to find people for for just this one little event? So, hey, if you see me in Hollywood soon. No, it's a live thing from your <laughs> that you call it that you zoom into. Or Are whatever. you trying to say that if people see you from your basement chair anytime soon, the chair that you're yeah. in right now? Although it did say like, "Hey guys, ha- make sure you, you know, show your personality and stuff." And I can't fake like a very outgoing personality. Like this is, you know, I'll, I'll try. I try to be a little bit more animated, but I'm not gonna be like. Hey guys, I don't want to do like no, nah, this is I'm pretty pretty chill. I can see that. You know what you do you and if that's what they want then that's how it goes, you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um I feel like when I try to act or overact or whatever, it just makes me sound like it comes out sarcastic and makes me sound like an asshole. And I'm like, no no, I was really trying. Whatever, it's fine. Well good luck. Hopefully that goes well. Um I mean, just tell them to listen to the podcast. It's like what more information do they need? Than, exactly. than two years of pure dedication. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel like. Oh, you... I didn't mention it. I mentioned my podcast, the, not my <laughs> our podcast, and my YouTube it's on channel. Your channel. It's your pod, your podcast. I'm fine with that. <laughs> when I when I describe it, I tell people that I produce it because I click the buttons. Ooh, I mean that sounds good though that so, you produce it. I like, do, hey, so I produce it. Yeah. You are the host because your channel hosts it. I'm the producer because oh, okay. I click the buttons, and it, it makes me feel good. It gives like a roll, you know. Feels right. But, uh, well, hopefully that goes well. I feel like you had a really good segue into the episode earlier, and then we kept talking, and I lost. Oh, well, okay, it's kind of fake, or kind of cheating, but you mentioned something about Korra, like some good times, some bad times with Korra or whatever. Like, we kind of get those in this episode. We kind of get, like, at least in my opinion, we get, like, Korra extremes in this episode. I think. That's my segue. That's all I got. All right. Well, let's get into the episode. So starts off. We actually meet Tarlock for the first time in a city council meeting um, in Republic City that Tenzin is a part of. So it's kind of interesting to see the how the government works in Republic City. It's just like Parks and Rec, but not funny. <laughs> um, and Tarlock, who is He's not like part of the council, but he's like mm, kind of hard to say. Um, also, I think I might have a little echo in there. I can't tell. <laughs> um, um, you sound okay on my end. Do you? 
to hear. Oh, okay. So. Nah, I can just kind of see the your thingy fluttering when I'm talking. Oh, but, I see. And I kind of do hear myself. Hmm. Not important. Let me Sorry, do this. you don't no, have I can, I can fix that. <laughs> okay. okay, here we go. Um, so Tarlock wants to. I feel like he kind of wants to gain a little bit more power. He he assembles this task force to take on Amon, and they all agree to it. Tenzin doesn't want to do it for whatever reason. Um, so then he visits Air Air Temple Island because he knows Korra is staying there, and I kind of love that we get a little hint of of Air Nomad <laughs> culture because uh, Tarlock is saying like. Hey, I am. You're cooking, right? I'm famished, and an air nomad would never turn down a hungry person. <laughs> like it's, and it's, <laughs> and and he lets him in because that is like the culture. That is the right thing to do for an air nomad. And like his wife, Pema, looks at Tenzin and is like, "How could you let him in?" And Tenzin's like, "Like, wait, what are you gonna do? It's 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 tra- It's culture. It's, in the it's what we gotta do." Yeah, it's in the rules. You got this. Tarlock, he's, um, they do a nice job of, like, he's not a bad guy, and, they, you know, I think that becomes pretty clear over time, but he's he's pretty hashtag extra. Yeah, he's, he's definitely not a bad guy. I mean, he he doesn't present himself as that. Um, you know, he, he says he wants to go after him on. So far, we... we so as a bad guy, like, a, like an antagonist, I meant more like, he's not a bad guy, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Oh okay. <laughs> right. No, I said I said it with a what's the right, like the wrong uh, intonation. <laughs> um, also, I want to note that Cora, right when this episode starts, she had a nightmare of Amon taking her bending away from her, and uh, yeah, Cora's really shook about this whole thing. Like seeing Amon take away those people's bending, it that really carried over from the previous episode. She just has all all this fear pent up in her. Um. Got me and, pretty uh, shit too. I agree. Yeah. And anyway, uh, so Tarlock visits them, visits them, and he <laughs> he asks Cora to be on his task force, and she says no, that she wants to focus on her airbending. And even Tenzin is surprised, and Tarlock's surprised, because she's usually that gun hole avatar who's ready to jump in and, and challenge uh, people who, who need to be challenged. <laughs> and also, I laughed at this part. This episode was really funny to me, even though there's a lot more heavy stuff that happens in it. Uh, Icky, <laughs> the way Icky is talking to Tarlock, she's like, Why do you have three ponytails? Why do you smell like a. Did she say, Why do you smell funny? Or why do you smell like a woman? Something, something mildly, potentially insulting. Yeah. And if you keep watching her as he keeps talking, she's just like staring him down and making these kind of faces. This is, I was just cracking up. It's a beautiful it. portrayal it of how children actually behave. Like it's a detail that they yeah. could easily just let go and not, not bother with, but it's done beautifully. <laughs> children have, have no, they can be so disrespectful sometimes, honesty. <laughs> but not knowing it. Honesty. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Cora Cora declines, and she continues to kind of have these fears about it. It's kind of weighing her down. Um, even Tenzin, while they're like talks to her, like, "Hey, you gotta, you gotta talk about your fears. That's uh, very important um, to talk about them." And so, you know, Alicia Keys, right? I, you know, Alicia Keys. Okay. So Alicia Keys was plays watching her, Legend of Korra. Plays her own <laughs> piano while uh, while she sings. I always admire that. Yeah, I always been a fan of Alicia Keys. Love love her. Always yeah, that's one of my celebrity crushes. I guess. Solid. Um, yeah, uh, it's funny. One time, uh, my wife was visiting, and we were talking about we we're talking about something, maybe cheating on each other. Even though we've never cheated, <laughs> it's just like with a celebrity or something like that. And I don't know who, what celebrity guy my wife mentioned. And I was like, oh, well, why are you with him? I'll be, oh, let me preface this by saying I had a friend named Alicia who was another resident assistant um, who's also the, anyway, she was a pretty close friend. I'm not that close. Anyway, close friend. Anyway, she was like, yeah, I'll be with this guy. I was like, well, why are you with him? I'll be with Alicia. And then, <laughs> and then my wife was like, wait, what? Wait, what? He'll be with Alicia. 
Like Alicia Keys. Probably go ahead and say the full name next time. Yeah. Just to be safe, Alicia. you know. Yeah, Alicia Keys. Anyway, speaking I don't know of about celebrity Keys. crushes, but she's one of those people, and I have a few like this. That, like, you just hope really, really hard that they're really good people in person. Yeah. Like a lot of them. I, I mean, why everybody be a good person? But there's certain ones. Alicia Keys. Uh, Kristen Bell is really high on my list of people that I mm. hope that she's a good person in real life. Yeah. I have those weird. Yeah. For me, it's uh, Kevin Conroy, the voice of Batman, uh, Brian and Mike, like, I, like these I, are people I that like I will be. Demonstrate. Like we, we have enough intimacy with, uh, with their <laughs> content to speak yeah. on their behalf. I couldn't speak for Kevin Conroy, but he seemed like a nice guy. Yeah. No, I, I'm pretty sure Kevin Conroy has, has been uh, just the, the best person ever. I believe it. Um, um, I don't say, oh, so Alicia Keys, she was, she was like, she went to Instagram and she was talking about Legend of Korra. Pretty much, I'll read what she, what, what she wrote or what she was saying. She was like, all right, so I've been watching this show with Egypt, which is her son, and it's called The Legend of Korra. And it's this animated show that's like a series from Avatar Last Airbender. And also, I'm kind of addicted to the show. I'm loving it. And there's this moment when Cora is feeling a lot of fear and anxiety. And she feels nervous about really stepping into her warrior power. And she feels like she might not be able to do it. Or there's still so much to learn. And how can she, like, really accept the calling? And is she ready for it? So she feels nervous about it. And she feels anxiety. She feels fear. And so her teacher, what she says, she, she says father, but she, she just got confused. Tenzin is really like a father to her. Anyway, she says her father says that you have to talk about your fear because if you just keep it in, you're not going to really be able to figure out how to use it and how to create what you want from it. And she's like, and I'm watching this doggone show with each other, and I'm like, yo, especially because I think for me, you know, speaking personally, a lot of times I'll be speaking the optimism that I want to feel. You know what I mean? So even if I'm feeling like kind of negative, I'm feeling insecure, I'm feeling vulnerable, I will continue to speak the optimism thinking that if I speak it, it's going to come, which I believe in, and I do believe in the power of words, and it's true what you speak, you know, it does come towards you, and it comes for you. But then I realized, wow, there's also power in speaking your fears. And a lot of times I avoid talking about my fears because I feel like I don't want to call them to me. I don't want to, you know, give it too much attention. I want to, you know, again, stay in the glass half full vibe, whatever the case is. But when he said that on the show, <laughs> It really spoke to me and it showed me that also honoring your fears and speaking on them and getting them out is such a powerful tool for healing and for becoming stronger and for manifesting what it is that you want because then you can use that and you can say all right here's what i'm afraid of or here's what i'm worried about and you can use that to get to know yourself better to transform it and change it and become the warrior tap into that warrior the calling that's in you already like cora like Man, Alicia Keys watches Legend of Korra like that. Like she's my like man. She used to write video essays. <laughs> in it, like I do some days. Like she's into it. I dig that. Where'd it go, Alicia? Yeah. But then, like, I started thinking about this. Like, I never really had fears, but I started thinking about like all the insecurities I had when I was like a, a teenager, and how like those insecurities just hold you back from from like doing so much like and it's, it could be the stupidest insecurities like i had i had this like i guess i had a fear or insecurity when i was probably like in 10th grade that my close friends were becoming better at me at basketball <laughs> like because for the longest time i was like the best one amongst my friends at basketball and then and then i don't know i guess like I, they just kept growing and they kept getting better <laughs> at it at me and then they'll be like hey let's go to the park and i remember like every sometimes saturday i was like no nah, i can't go man i gotta wash the dishes or something because i didn't want to like hey we're gonna try and dunk today I'm like, you know me i can't you're like i'll bring the ladder i guess <laughs> like i just remember like a few months before that or you know leading up to that we would always go and try and like touch the net and see how close we can get to the rim and then i remember like i remember we were the same <laughs> of like getting probably halfway up the net, something like that. And then, you know, when they start telling me like, oh, so-and-so can like grab the rim, like I can grab, 
but they're like, oh yeah, he can grab the rim, he can grab the rim, and me, I'm still touching touching the net. And like, I don't know, for some reason, I didn't want to deal with that, and so it, it kept me from. If I just would have owned it, it would, you know, kept me from playing basketball with one of my best friends. Like stupid fears like that are just and insecurities are just weird. Like you should really talk through that. I'm like a textbook case of I try to brush mine off with comedy, but there's like it's a real deep rooted. The easiest one for me has always been getting old, um, but I, you know, I think to some extent most people have that. But I, I'm like a pure. There's probably a psychology book written that somebody would just hand me and be like, "This is you." Like it's not exciting or interesting, but yeah, I try to cover them up with, with with comedy and humor. But say, I would just chill and own them. Maybe I wouldn't have to worry about them so much, and then it would be fine. Yeah, we can. All That's fine. Them. I look forward to getting old. Like I, I thought I had some gray hairs coming in, but they're not. I just have these weird hairs that aren't. If I pick them, they're not. They don't have the same like consistency as hair. They're just like random. I don't even know what they are. They're not even like really hairs. They don't have the same structure as my hair does. Sometimes I grow them like right on my forehead, and you gotta plug them in. <laughs> yeah, I, I, get, just... I got a few gray hairs in my eyebrows, but the gray ones are coarser, so they stick straight out, and so they'll just be like a gray mm-hmm. hair like shooting straight out of my eyebrow. It's weird, but uh, no, I, I don't like feeling. Uh, I'm not a health nut or anything, but I'm active. Like everything I do, other than this, for the most part, involves some amount of movement. And so, like the other day, yeah. I woke up. The other day, I, I swear, I woke up with a twisted ankle. I, just I woke up and it and it hurt and I was like oh well you know I just slept on it funny it'll it'll wake up it's like no it's like three days that I couldn't go on my oh, normal God. jogs and stuff because I woke up with a twisted ankle I was like this is old eight this is bad this is terrible I'm not old enough for that to happen yet <laughs> how do you twist your ankle when you sleep that's not a good sign but uh, there again if I wouldn't you know joke joking is not a great <laughs> fine coping me- mechanism it's not a good solution maybe that's the right way to put it. It's not a solve. Yeah. It's good to know that Alicia Keys has such a good human side to her that she's willing to share. Like, that's kind of vulnerable. I mean, it's still a kid's TV show that she's talking about watching on Twitter and connecting really hardcore with it. So that's awesome. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Oh, also, before, so getting back to the episode, um, we get introduced to Asami also. She runs into Mako with her literally her moped. Yes, and that's completely Mako's fault. You need to look both ways before crossing the street. Yeah, dude, come on. Uh, but he doesn't mind because she's drop dead gorgeous, and she's portrayed to be that way. <laughs> like that's the whole slow mo hair. She's like thing. the glowing sparkles and everything in her hair. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then. Then uh then she they all they do the whole meet cue thing. And uh Yeah, so they uh you come to find out that her father is Asami Sato, who is like the creator of the Sato mobile, and he's pretty much Henry Ford, as we talked about before. I forgot when we talked about that, but we did. It feels like a while um, ago, but I think it was just last time. I think it was just last time. Which is weird because this is the first introduction to them. I don't know. Crazy. No um He's so much like Henry Ford that when Mako visits his factory, every single car is black. And Henry Ford was was known to just he was one of Henry Ford's greatest um, contributions to business was the assembly line kind of and and maybe I'm sure the assembly line was around before him. But like but a it was high like, efficiency assembly line. Essentially. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like. Um, yeah, like like when when everything is made the same, it's much easier to create the same thing over and over again. I'm like sure the same saving are up there, just like scoffing. Like, you think he invented what now? No, I'm just kidding. No, uh, no. <laughs> you think those pyramids are just people like not being highly efficient? Whatever, it's fine. Yeah, uh, exactly. No, I think you're right. Those like, like sort <laughs> that's kind of like people production. think America invented democracy. Or <laughs> <laughs> no, this thing has been around for like thousands of years, guys. Come on. <laughs> Killing. Didn't start 1776. Um, but anyway, when, so, when Earth began in 1776, <laughs> um, the uh, he had a famous saying of like, every customer can have whatever color car they want as long as that color is black. <laughs> and so, like in the factory, every car was black. And so I thought they uh, was even making that point. 
I, um, I do believe on that. that's beautiful. President Roosevelt was also an inspiration for uh, Hiroshi Sato. I think that's fair. Some appearance there. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so Tarlock keeps doing all these things to get Cora to join his task force. She he gives him a car. She gives him, he gives her a car, which was a really nice car. And I like how the Airbending kids are just playing in it, like vroom, vroom. no. And, and Cora can't drive. Cora has no need for a car anyway. Anyway, and then he throws a party for Cora, honoring her, which is so. One thing I like kind of about Tarlock party for her, not quote-unquote a party for her but yeah one thing i kind of do like about tarlock especially since reading like the kyoshi novels is is how much emphasis is put on having the avatar's favor because <laughs> um, you can tell he's trying to use Korra to increase his own political power because she is the avatar like ang no one ever tried well, maybe they no one ever really tried to do that with ang um which is funny because the only person that had an opportunity, really. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Water Tribe and Earth King, and I—I I don't know. I guess that's about it politically. No. Yeah. Um, but you know, we see in like Kyoshi novels that being having the Avatar on your side can mean so much for you political wise and everything. That's why Jianju wanted Korra so so bad, also just to help um, help his own. Uh, down comes and, and shortcomings, and and even we can see the Fire Lord try to get Korra to like help him out. Really, not even try to physically help him out, but just to have a show of support for him, things like that. Not Korra, Kyoshi, um, in the Kyoshi novels. Well, so now it's interesting to see. Okay, I was I was with you the whole way. I just glad <laughs> you caught. So now it's interesting to see uh, Charlock try to do the same thing to Korra to a certain extent. He does a good job of goading her, right? Invites her to a party. Everything seems going fine. And then, boom, here comes the press, which <laughs> press is not a thing that past avatars have to deal with. And you can tell that the press is working for him because they go Korra into all these questions. And he can sick, and he even signals one of them to be like, oh, yeah, attack. Are you embarrassed by how scared you are to, to take out a man <laughs> in this task force? Yeah. What else makes you a disgrace? They're not quite that bad, but they're pretty pointed. Gave me yeah. a good chuckle. Um, so, um, and then Cora's like, you know, I'll take him on fine. So then she joins the task force and they do these raids and these are pretty cool raids. Like, it's some great little action. It's just great to see how a full raid would happen with bending in it. Like they bring out the water tank that, that helps out. Like it's a, it's a pretty quick raid, which is really, uh, just cool to see. It might've been, yeah, it was a very... It's very intense. They did a good job of getting a lot mm -hmm. across in a very short amount of time, which is the idea for Cora too, right? I think they're trying to hit her with this. I don't want to call it a good time, but obviously, she got something out of it. Yeah. So they do a few raids. They, I mean, they they do a pretty good job. They're actually a pretty good team together. Um, and then they get another press conference comes, and and someone asks Cora like, "Amon still evades you? Like, why is it?" And then she's pretty much like, "Because he's a chump." Because <laughs> he won't fight me. <laughs> like she went all Russell, all WWE style. Like I, I you can challenge me at twelve o'clock. Oh yeah, I was An Avatar Aang statue. <laughs> proud of her. This episode <laughs> until this part, and I'm just like, Cora. This is why when we back you up, people get upset at us because of this kind of behavior right here. Oh, this is book one Korra. Book one Korra could be goaded into but a fight. Earlier, episode four Korra declined the task force initially and then considered it thoughtfully. And then she's just like, awesome. like, well, I can't have people talking smack. I better do something <laughs> about it. It's like, all right, that's that's bad Korra. You were so... Oh, you, you got to think about why she declined. I don't think it was a thoughtful decline. It, it was a decline that came from that fear and insecurity. It's like even Tenzin is like, I, I'm, I'm glad you came to this answer, but I just wanted to make sure you came to it from the right way. But she didn't so, jump into it, and I respected that. And then she did, like, it's like she gathered a bit, and then she made a decision. Like, I, was, I guess I was with it the whole way. I had no issues with how a teenager would attack it the whole way, I guess. Or I was proud of it, even. And, until she started, like, Talking trash on the big bad, I, I 
I think all of it comes from insecurities, right? She she first doesn't want to go against, she doesn't want to be part of the task force because she's afraid and insecure that mom's gonna take away Benny from her, um, which is the thing that makes her the avatar. And then um, the press comes at her and say, well, why aren't you doing your job as the avatar? So that's another insecurity, like, oh, I'm not being the avatar. And then the press come for her again, like all of this, the reasonings I think are all uh, pretty consistent while even the answers aren't consistent, which is in some way very consistent and I think good as a, storytelling. As a young, yeah, as a young adult. Uh, it just, it's the, there was a turning point in there where I went from pretty like proud <laughs> to just like, damn it, Cora. Yeah. Oh, well. She should have known, you know what? Not oh well. She should have known that it wasn't going to go down how she proposed sure. it to go down. Why would, why would anyone let you? Whatever, it's fine. I'm over it. <laughs> so then she goes to a memorial statue. Uh, if you listen to commentary on this, for one thing, they say that Toph built a memorial statue. Um, or at least say the thought is that Toph built that statue because she's really great at art and everything. She's shown that in the past that she was able to create that little miniature bossing say of sand. And also she's a great metal bender. But they also said it's, it's a lot like the Statue of Liberty and then like there's an actual museum in there that kind of um, shows and it's a display of like the Hundred Year War is dedicated to the Hundred Year War and, and Team Avatar fighting it and, and defeating the Fire Nation in it. Is that um, it's Ang Memorial statue, but on what's is it just called Airbender Island? Air, uh, Air Temple. I don't know because they're well. Oh, okay. So it's Air Temple Island, and there's Ang. I think it's only the statue on that, but they're on two different islands separately. Okay. Yeah. Got it. I don't know why I was thinking it was on the island they were staying on, but I don't know what made me think yeah. of that. I probably just wasn't paying attention. So then Cora goes to challenge Amon, and he doesn't show up on time, and she gets tired, she's about to go, and then they kind of ambush her, which is a really creepy, like, almost horror movie scene, right? It's <laughs> like, a jump scare. It's a straight-up jump yeah. scare, yeah. And you even <laughs> yeah, kind of wrote... know it's going to happen. Like, you're, you're, you're looking at the time stamp on the episode, and you're like, the episode's not going to just end with her leaving. Like, that's not how cartoons work. And it still <laughs> got me a little bit. I've seen it before, and it got me a little bit. Been a few yeah. Years. Yeah. Um, and then it's really good. She gets dragged in by her feet, and then she, like, fire bends up in the dark, and so the the fire comes out and then illuminates, and it goes away, and then she fire bends again, and they kind of come closer and closer at her. Eventually, they wrap her up and she block her, and Amon just, he just has her so shook. Like, it's... She is afraid, like, of nothing before. He comes in close to her, pretty much just threatening her, like, I'm not going to take your bending away. Although it would be so easy right now. And just him saying that gets at core, that it would just be so easy for him to take her bending away. And he's like, no, you would become a martyr, and the other nations would, would rise up around you. But trust me, our battle is inevitable, and when it comes... I will demolish. He says something very threatening. And I love this attack he does, which is like a... Oh, yeah, this is how he does. He, like, holds his fingers like like this, and he just, like... It's like he's shooting an arrow <laughs> almost, and then he comes Yeah, out. right? And he just, like, knocks her out cold. I... And then she wakes up. Oh, go ahead. No, I just, just two comments first is I'm going to remain upset at both her and her colleagues for agreeing to this terrible plan, which... <laughs> There's there's no way he's going to answer the challenge the way that you would expect him to. That's a horrible idea, and everybody should be ashamed of themselves. Number two, you know how uh, uh, sometimes I when you ask like what kind of bender you'd be, and I I can't usually decide. I usually settle on earth bending. Um, this episode validated for that for me because when she shot the fire, my first thought was like if I was in danger, I think I'd go earth bending. I'd try to like uh, like a like some kind of cover up. First, and then you know those chi blockers. What are they gonna do? If you're earth bent up, bend, get yourself like a body armor statue, even if it's just rock, like Toph does or something. So my in, my instinct is to go to earth bending. So I finally answered the question 
inside my heart, I'm an earthbender. Even though I don't probably act like a stereotypical earthbender, but that's fine. Yeah, I'm definitely a, definitely a hmm, airbender. You yeah. can't say definitely and then pause. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, 100%. Uh... I was about to say fire. <laughs> I thought you were too. I was like, that seems out of character for you. I don't yeah, outside I mean, yeah, of generally but... liking warm weather, I would not be a firebender. No. Um, Honestly, but... I'll probably be air, then earth, then fire, then water. Definitely not waterbender. Did you ever have to do track? I had to do track a couple of years, and to like decide what foot is like your starting block foot, you just like stand in line. They just give you like a like a shift. They just push them. They just push them um, to see what foot like what foot is your your strong foot that comes out first to balance you or whatever. And that's how they. I think it's your left foot. Uh, I right. think mine's my left foot, but not everybody's. Ah, um, uh, okay. And I mean, what foot is it? Is it like the same foot you jump off of? I think so. I think that's the idea. Okay. Um, so they they push them, and then whatever one comes out is your is your strong foot, and that's what this made me think it was like reliving all these horrible track memories because that was my first instinct. It's like no instinct, cover up. Yours, you hmm. would you would do some kind of uh, air war- vortex something or other to get them off your case. Probably. Probably a air, you know how Aang creates those air bubbles around himself, so like you can. Yeah, it seems like it'd be hard sort of for like... a chi blocker to to get through yeah. something like that. But shooting fire straight up, that's not helpful at all, Cora. You could have, I don't know, think of something better. Come on, yeah. I, but now I'm just projecting my residual anger onto her unfairly. I'm I'm overdoing it now. <laughs> um. So anyway, so um, Tenzin goes and, and gives her I mean she sees him uh, well first of all she sees flashbacks which is cool um, she sees Aang she sees Sokka she sees Toph and man I remember first watching this like holy crap it's Aang it's Sokka it's Toph it hit my feels <laughs> like, pretty good watching this one made me happy yeah um, and then she sees a shadowy figure in air nomad clothes running towards her she says Aang which is really cool because in the last episode she sees a person coming at her with airbending clothes. She's like, not now, Tenzin, and that's Aang. So it's just a really cool uh, change there. Just a good, a feel-good full circle. Yeah, thing. I'm sure some secret person will now go make a a, a meme or a post about that. <laughs> Who secretly listens to this podcast just to get meme ideas? I'm, I'm on to you, person. That would be it's okay. Ideal. Keep watching. If you Take the meme. Just keep doing that because it make me happy. Chris is on you. I'm out of you. Whatever, it's fine. <laughs> um, oh, and this moment is so freaking good. Like Cora finally like admits. T- well, one thing, Simpson's like, did he, did he, hurt you? Did he take away your bending? And she's like, no. Like the way he says that is this. He says it in such a caring manner, and I'm sure they didn't intend for this to be a metaphor for for what I'm about to say. But it, it reminded me of it, like as if taking away your bending. And this is somewhat of a trigger warning for anyone um, about sexual abuse. But like, it, it just for some reason just it just reminded me of like, did he touch you, right? Like. Like a, a Tenzin, like a sort of intimate violation kind of, of. Yes, yes. It makes sense that like bending is such a such a part of who you are physically and spiritually. That, I mean, I, not yeah. Again, not to compare the the plight of those two things, you know, as a fiction to reality. But I, I see what you're getting at there, and agree that's the tone that came out. Yeah, and she just balls in in his arms, like, and I just love, I love this mentor relationship and it might be a better mentor mentee relationship than than zuko and iroh i'm i know that's blasphemous to say but i think it's such a a two-way channel it's it's Uh, tough to compare though right like it 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 is tough there there is tougher it's more tough to compare than than the two shows (laughs) and and aang and Korra, like compared to that because it's too Completely different relationships. Well, I'm thinking about, you know, it's like I my, my little brother is my best friend, but also he's not like my best friend in the same way that my best friend is my best friend. He's not like my best friend, like you're my best friend. It's a different, like it's a, and so Zuko and Iroh, it's a different 
I don't know. It's a, it's kind of a different ballpark versus this here is more of a true like. It's very intentional that that Tenzin is Korra's mentor, and it's professional and non-related, and mm. I, I don't know, the familial element changes things. Yeah. I'll tell my wife that she but, didn't crack my top three of my best friend in my show. She's my number one best friend. That's good. Yeah, my wife is definitely my my number one. Yeah, that's uh, and, best and friend. Even though we don't do, first. even though we don't do any hobbies together, it's fine. My, <laughs> I, I don't think my wife has ever. My wife was on an episode one time. I'll give her credit. She was on one one time. It was about Disney, so that yes. counts. Remember that top five Disney movies? No, I remember it. Yeah, it's good. Good episode. Anyway. I said I was going to do a Princess Tiana's video in that and uh, that podcast. Never got that, around that to doing is, that. One. You will both love it, and it will be popular. It will be a culmination of both because <laughs> what a tremendous movie! Yeah, uh, I think I was going to do it for its ten year anniversary. <laughs> Has it been out for ten years? Oh yeah! yeah. Oh my! Holy smokes! <laughs> so and I just didn't get around to I'm it. I'm so it's old okay. that I'm definitely only a little bit scared of being old. <sighs> Uh, so yeah, that's pretty much the episode. It ends on a, a really somber note. It's a, it's definitely like a bittersweet kind of thing where you, yeah, you're really happy that her bending's still there. Like it's hard to imagine the show without. What if they had taken her bending so early? Oh, that'd be sick. But uh, it is that's bittersweet, and there's this very touching moment at the end. Maybe we should do a video on that. What if I'm on to the way her bending at that, at that point? Uh, kind of like the video uh, the, the video game at least the 3DS one she gets her bendings after right away so you're just stuck with like martial artistry at first not a great video game mm. it's passable <laughs> alright so ratings uh, audio visual gave it a 9 there was a lot of small details in this episode that I think um, are easy to overlook like when Cora just hears a mon on the radio one thing the the audio cues change, the score changes by Jeremy Zuckerman. And also it zooms in on her eyes, like really close. And I think it was just really great animation done there, really great directing to get you really into the character. And of course the the bending fights were good, the, whether it was the raid or whether it was um, Korra getting ambushed, that animation was beautifully done, so great job. Um, and, then, and then when Amon goes into a to intimidate Korra, uh, they do a good job of zooming in on Korra and Amon at the same time. Like you really get into like his eye. Like he, he does a lot of, like right, he has a, a mask, and so he does a lot of, I don't know, say acting with his eyeballs. And um, I think it's there's a Steve lot of Blum. emotional expression in his eyebrow eyeballs, kind of yeah. Yeah, which is an interesting thing that a few actors can do pretty much Tom Hardy has, has done it a lot because he's played a lot of roles where he's wearing a mask and he can only emote with his eyes. What's the movie like in, where he's like Bane. a uh, Tom Hardy is both twins and they're like gangsters who open up a club. What is that? Movie? I can't. Remember. Um, it's called legend. I've not watched it yet, but surprisingly I've caught me as good. Like I would not associate Ooh, myself okay. as a, you're like, Hey, Sean likes that movie. No, he doesn't. That's yeah. Doesn't no, like actually doesn't like a movie. It's a very good movie. Anyway, it doesn't sound like a movie you would even watch. I, it was kind of an accident that it happened. <laughs> uh, story gave it a nine oh, as well. I think this was just a, a great job laying the the uh, set the stakes, introducing Amon as a, a really terrifying villain to Korra. Uh, he he's a great um, foil for Korra because he represents everything that Korra fears. Like man, this this season's so much about fear. Like if if you didn't title it Air, you know, like the, the other seasons are titled more theoretical things like balance, change. I cannot think of the balance change spirits. Um, like this one will probably be just fear <laughs> or something. Yeah, it's interesting. Know, something... that it's called there, oh. isn't it? In hindsight, because yeah. huh. um, like I mean, if you think about it, right? If you think about the things you have to master. The avatar has to master the four elements, um, which I guess you would still have air as a book, but. And it didn't, yeah, it didn't get to, to be a book or yeah. yeah, but it's still an interesting choice compared but she to still, the other three. Yeah. yeah, she still had to master her fear. And and this is, uh, yeah, this episode is a lot of that. So, 9 out of 10. Memorable, 
it gets an eight out of ten. Part of me wants to give an eight and a half. I forgot something else happened that I just thought was just so good in this episode that really um, was really memorable for me. But anyway, it's an eight. So that brings it out to an eight point nine out of ten. I think this is probably the best episode so far we've gotten. It's uh, a really good episode. Agreed entirely. I went nine on audiovisual. We get some cool fight scenes, some some very uh, appealing detail in the non-fight scenes. Uh, story I docked it just a little bit because it really did piss me off that nobody stopped it. Like somebody, <laughs> somebody's got to stop jump it. Like this is your most prized <laughs> asset, and you're just gonna let her like. It's outrageous. Whatever it's, it, but it's fine. It was still a great. Obviously, I was invested in it. Like as I'm emotionally attached to it for it to piss me off that way. So eight point five, great story. Um, I pretty, I I always remember. Maybe not the rest of the episode or even some of the comedy, uh, comedic bits of the kids or whatever. Uh, but I always do remember Amon not taking her bending. It's like, oh, that's such a baller villain move. Um, and so yeah, and the thing like, about that is like usually you, you get mad at the villain for like not doing the thing that they could have done. But I understand just to that get it Amon's, over with, like you're monologuing and you should just kill yeah. the person or whatever. It's like, yeah, because Amon's goal isn't to kill Korra. Amon's goal is equality like he even though he's a bender he he wants equality and he does feel like if i kill the avatar now that's not going to help my calls any it's going to be detrimental to my calls so yeah i'm not going to kill her right now first he has to like build the the rationale he's got to to sort of garner support for his cause and we're going to talk about yeah. it more in depth like a probably a deeper i want to call it emotional discussion but uh, maybe a harder or more uncomfortable discussion someday about like I mean, why Amon's process is appealing and semi-legitimate or legitimate in, in its at, on the surface. Let's call it legitimate on the surface. Um, that's what makes him yeah. such an appealing villain. Uh, appealing as a villain, not as a person. But, um, yeah, I don't know. He, he ropes you in. 8.7. Uh, that's obviously a very high-scoring episode for something so early on. 8.8. That's yeah. good stuff. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, when I, when I was there's a ton yeah, when I was when I was thinking about like man, I'm giving a nine and nine. This isn't even the like the finale. Um, like yeah, it's really. It's not great. even an even or a, like a special. It's not like a ten or a five. It's just episode four. It's crazy. In my mind, yeah. those fives and tens and twenties, those should be the good episodes. No, this is a great episode though. Um, absolutely sets the tone for the series for the entire for this entire sorry season in my opinion yeah you could oh and some great great voice act working done by Janet varney who voices cora um dang it why can't i think of his name jk simmons uh who voices tenzin and and uh steve bloom is it steve bloom i say steve bloom who voices Amon. I would never recommend that you did, but you could skip the first three episodes and jump into this one and still be fine. I think you need episode one. As like exposition and all that, you know, I give you that too. I mean, just get a good introduction to Korra because I think you need that. I think you need to just suppose that Korra who's gun-ho and who's, who's ready to take on any challenge to this Korra who's, who's like afraid for it to be really meaningful to you, I can get on board with that. Um, and again, yeah, not to not to besmirch those other episodes, which, as you have seen, our ratings have been you know, good episodes. But uh, like I said, this is definitely a big a big turning point in a good way. So uh, that being said, we've been talking about an hour, so we're going to go ahead and, and wrap it up. Um, Chris, final thoughts on the voice in the night. Book one, air, nope. chapter four. Great episode. Great episode. Loved it. Absolutely. I mean, watch the other three before it because just binge them all because it's just a season. But this is a great episode. Easily the best so far. In the meantime, my name is Sean Shaler, producer Sean Shaler. That's host. <laughs> my, that is the host, the channel owner, the guy, uh, YouTube and Twitter famous, Chris Ford, a.k.a. The Objective Geek. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today. We'll see you next week.